Welcome friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to local news in social artistry, where we always get to talk to somebody in the world that is building a more humane world from the inside out. I'm your host, Dick Dalton. And my guest today is Allison H. Larson out in uh, Salt Lake City. Is that right? Yes, that's that's where I am today anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you do get around sometimes. Uh, but uh, w- would you take a minute or two or whatever it takes to just uh, let us know how you think of yourself today? <laughs> yes, thank you so much. And I have to clarify, too, when you say I do get around I just want to clarify that's uh, that I travel a lot. So, you know, <laughs> I'd make sure that people uh, understand what you're saying. But yeah, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here today, Dick. And I'm really thankful just uh, to be here with you and the listeners uh, for this show today, because I know that these are people that are making a big impact in the world. And a little bit about me. So I'm the owner and founder of Soul Intuition. Uh, I'm also the owner and founder of what is called the Speakers Coalition, run programs called Legendary. And, and what I'm most excited about right now is our upcoming Global Healers Summit that we're running in the Global Healers community. So we're actually gathering together people from around the globe that are wanting to make a difference in the world. And we're bringing them together for a day of meditation and prayer on 12-12-2020 and 12-13-2020 so that together when we we come together, we can raise the vibrational frequency of the planet. And we're also raising funds to help an orphanage in Nepal. So that's a little bit about me professionally. Personally, I'm a mother of four children um, that are my biological children. I'm a stepmother of four more. And I just recently got married two weeks ago to my soulmate on the beach in the Dominican Republic. We live here in Salt Lake City, Utah, but we enjoy uh, taking our clients on spiritual adventure retreats all over the world, which was put on pause a little bit during COVID. Uh, But we did just get back from the Dominican Republic and we're going to Costa Rica over New Year's. So we're excited to be traveling again. Wonderful. That would be uh, Gerald Rogers. Gerald Rogers. That's right. He's this really handsome blue haired man. So if you ever uh, see see a picture of a really handsome blue haired man, it's probably Gerald. (laughs) Blue hair. I got to see him on a Zoom call not too far long back with uh actually i think i saw you on the zoom call in a, as a picture because of uh ancient secrets gerald's brother clint had yes. a picture of you all yeah, yeah. It, it sounded like quite the uh event and uh, <laughs> I, I i would just like to say that my father remarried uh, he had us four boys he remarried a woman that had four children. Wow. So I actually, uh, I, I was old enough to not actually be in the house that much, but I, I know that this uh, this union can work. I, I saw it work right in front of my eyes. <laughs> wow, oh, beautiful, thank and you. And then Dad. there were eight, yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, did you grow up in Salt Lake? Was that your home base or you you come around no I actually grew up in Idaho Falls Idaho 
So it's a beautiful small town. And my dad was the local newscaster. So he just he just retired a year ago. So all growing up, my dad was the, the local celebrity. And with a last name like Hildebrand, which was my maiden name growing up, everybody knew who I was and who my dad was. And it was it was really fun. I grew up the oldest of five and just had amazing childhood growing up in this beautiful town in Idaho. Of course, lots of snow in the winter time, and <laughs> but I always uh, enjoy going sledding and building snowmen. And, and um, yeah, I lived in Idaho most of my life, raised my kids in Boise, Idaho, and uh, moved to Phoenix just about four years ago. And I uh, spent a few years there before relocating back up here to Salt Lake. So I enjoyed the warm winters for a few years and then uh, now I'm back up here. Great, great. What a, a great childhood. It sounds like uh, both family-wise and uh, outdoors-wise. So you got a, a well-rounded time. You went on to college. Uh, and uh, how did you sort of, well, was it the newscasting dad that sort of ushered you into uh, public speaking? Oh, you know, it's so funny, uh, Dick. I'm really glad you asked that question because I actually got my degree in German. <laughs> That's another long story. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I got married at 19 and had all four of my biological children by the time I was 26. So I was a very young mother and played, you know, mom at a very young age. And then in 2007, I was in my late 20s. And my ex-husband and I had just built a house to flip and he was in construction and things were going really well. And then all of a sudden we found ourselves in a really tight spot. Our house lost a bunch of value. We were really in over our heads. My ex-husband was making about half the money that he'd been making just a few months earlier. And I remember waking up one morning and thinking, wow, either we declare bankruptcy and we lose the house or I do something about it. So I became an entrepreneur <laughs> and started out actually in personal training space. I'd always had a passion for helping people. And I had a brother and sister at the time that were going to college by me and they were becoming personal trainers. And I thought, well, I'll start an in-home personal training business. And that led to me being passionate about yoga and developing a program that we'd go in actually after teachers got off of school and we teach boot camps and they would get continuing education credits through a local university. And I loved it so much, but the hours were right when my kids were home. And, and there was something about personal training. It, it wasn't like the biggest loser, or at least I wasn't like a trainer on the biggest loser. Like people weren't having these huge emotional breakthroughs. They're just like, would come in and say, tell me how, how many sets and reps to do or how much to, how much weight to lose. And I really discovered that uh, the transformation was on a deeper level. And so I began my quest to uh, find more out about the men mental thought process and emotions. And um, that led me down a path of holistic medicine where I became a Reiki master and actually was a foot zoning expert, a world-renowned foot zoning expert, which is like reflexology, only more holistic. We dealt with chakras and meridians. And what I found was that at this deeper dive level where we were talking about energy and mindset, that people could make a larger shift. Uh, but then again, through my evolution, I found that I was somewhat limited in what I was doing. And I, I really wanted to change and wanted to make a bigger impact on the world. I, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but this was about six years ago. All of a sudden I started feeling like 
I wasn't quite fulfilling my potential. And like there was something bigger I was supposed to be doing in the world. I could almost feel people out there waiting for me. And I knew what I was teaching people was making a difference, but I knew that I also didn't have the the reach or the capacity. Um, My capacity was limited in what I was doing. So I remember this one day during just a yoga session I was doing up in my bedroom. (laughs) And, And I remember just being overwhelmed with this feeling like I was supposed to be doing more. And I was laying in Shavasana. And I just remember saying, universe, God, I surrender. I want to help. I want to do more. I want to be a conduit of unconditional light and love for people. And that week I got an email about a mastermind that was about five hours away from my house. It was happening the next day. And I just felt so compelled to go that I dropped everything and ended up going there. And it was at that mastermind that I met a mentor and and made some connections with people that led me down a very accelerated path of growth. I rebranded and I went from a reach of 2000 people a month to 2 million people per month in just nine short months. I became a public speaker speaking about Um, soul intuition and transformation. I got a TV show, a radio show. I published a book and it was such an amazing feeling to know that I was on that path, to know that I was making a bigger impact in the world. And of course, many evolutions later now, here I am doing what I'm doing, but uh, that's, that's the path that led me to become a public speaker and led me towards what I'm doing today. I am doing this radio show for a very similar reason, uh, I had gotten, my book was published and I'd retired from teaching and I went into meditation and said, what's next? And mm-hmm. within two weeks, a radio host uh, invited me on and then said he had to leave his radio hosting. Could I take over? And I mean, it was just, it was just a piece of cake, you know? When you yeah. surrender to your desire and let it happen, then uh, amazing things do happen. Well, it's so synchronistic. And you mentioned my dad being a newscaster. And uh, although that wasn't the primary reason for me getting into what I, I'm doing, I remember how I got my TV show again. And I want to point this out because I think the key is surrendering to the universe. And I'm going to go down a little rabbit hole here. Wayne Dyer, I'm reading his book, The Power of Intention. And he talks about how as a young man, he said, I see your face light up. <laughs> I had a book. <laughs> but he, he talked about as a young man, this idea that intention is finding a goal and making things happen, you know, forcing things in your life to reach that goal. But what he learned um, as he evolved was that that's not at all what intention is. Mm-hmm. Intention is aligning yourself with the universe until you have a space of knowing, of knowing where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do. And that, it, that involves surrendering to the universe. And when you do that, things, like you said, they just happen. We call them synchronicities or coincidences or, and that's how you know you're in flow. And with the TV show, I'd actually been asked to be a guest on a TV show down in Southern California called The Hollywood Entrepreneur. And I'd never done TV before, but of course I'd grown up watching my dad. And I went on and I did such a great job that the next day the co-host couldn't come. He called in sick and they called me and they said, hey, you're still in town. Will you come guest co-host? I said, sure. 
And that led to a few weeks later, the producer at the TV station calling and saying, hey, we have an opening for a show. I think you'd be a great candidate. Will you write up some proposals? And boom, just like that, I had a show on that TV station. And, and people say, well, how did you do that? I've been trying to get into TV for years. And, and again, it's just when you align with the universe, there's so much abundance out there and, and things just end up happening. So um, and in regards to my dad being a newscaster, about three months into my show, it was really funny because, um, you know, three months into the show, the news the, the producer of my show was introducing me to somebody who was visiting the studio. He said, this is our, our newest uh, host of our TV show, Allison Larson, and she's been doing TV for years now. And I didn't say anything then, but afterwards I said, you know, that I, this is my first time doing TV. He said, I had no idea. <laughs> I thought for sure you've been doing it for years. And I said, well, I've watched it growing up, but um, this is my first time. So it was great fun. story. Great story. I love it. Uh, I like that, that you brought up Wayne Dyer and the, and the, uh, the transition in his own mind about how things can happen rather mm -hmm. than be, I'm going to do this. It's, uh, you know, getting aligned. That, that, that's such a beautiful way of, of expressing it. I, I gave away my book, Power of Intention. Um, and then, of course, Wayne passed on suddenly, and that was uh, kind of unfortunate for all of us. But uh, we're carrying on, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. And you know what I love about that, just talking about intention is it's kind of the difference between having this vibrational frequency mm -hmm. of ego versus a vibrational frequency of oneness. And what I mean about that, and Wayne Dyer talks about this and many other thought leaders is there's these different vibrational frequencies that we can resonate at in, in many different levels. But one of those is, is that of the ego. And the ego is the lowest resonance. And it's when we're thinking about how can I make something happen or this is happening to me or not happening to me. I mean, we've all been there asking the question, why is this happening to me? But it's all about this egocentrical. It's all about the I, the me. And then at a slightly higher frequency, you have the group mentality, right? Which is, I belong to this religion or this country, or I'm this color, or I'm this race. And so you start identifying with a group of people and you start thinking outside of yourself and you think, well, these are the people that I belong with and belong to. And you start resonating at this frequency that includes other people in the group. And that's higher than the ego frequency, but the highest frequency to resonate at is this oneness frequency. This idea that I am you and you are me, that we're no different, that we're all in this together, that we're part of a bigger whole, that we're here for a spiritual reason. And when you can resonate at that frequency and, and, and really align with intention from a space of wholeness and oneness, that's the highest frequency. And that's when, when everything starts working together for your favor, because you're finding your place in the universe. So, um, yeah, I, I just, Wayne Dyer's inspired me so much. And it's interesting you brought up his death because I'm just at the chapter where he's now talking about death and how really we're all infinite beings. So um, I, I still think Wayne Dyer's out there somewhere. I think he's, when I read his book, I think he's mentoring me from a spiritual realm. Uh, I, I would not argue with that in any way. Uh, uh, I consider myself a pod of consciousness 
Um, I do have the question, uh, do, does consciousness uh, ever die? Uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm certainly interested in understanding uh, that whole realm. We, we, we have to trust or have a faith or a hope or a, a wonderment because un unless he's, well, we'll just trust, huh? That he's inspired you. Yes. Yeah. So you wrote a book called Soul Intention, didn't you? Uh, as part of this process back uh, a few years? Yes, soul intuition. Oh, intuition. So, we right, talk a right. lot about intention in yep. the book. Intention and intuition are linked together. But yes, this book is soul intuition. What was that? Uh, uh, what's it about? Why would I want to pick that one up at the uh, bookstore? Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's a good question because your intuition is telling you, Dick, that you should buy this book and you need to listen. <laughs> uh, you know, this, the Soul Intuition book came about at a very interesting time in my life. And this was a time when during the explosion of my business, during this time, I'm going from a reach of 2000 to 2 million people. I was also in a snowmobile accident and was suffering from a concussion. Um, my marriage started getting really rocky at that time. I was married for 20 years and then graduated from that marriage. Um, there were just everything in my life seemed to be shifting and crumbling around me. And it was in this space of, of writing this book and really thinking about intuition um, that helped me stay on the path to, to keep making a difference in the world, to through all of this, these things going on in my personal life, to have the clarity to know where to go, to have the focus to know how to help more people. And really what intuition is, is it's this inner knowing. Intuition is the ability that we have to tap into that subconscious and it's that subconscious part of our brain that's that part of the oneness frequency, right? And this book is not, a, it's not about how, um, it's not about how you can suddenly, you know, be enlightened. That's, that's not it. But it's about these simple daily practices that you can use to gain more clarity and use your intuitive muscle. And intuition is just like working out at the gym, right? We can look at the gym. We can think about have, being more intuitive all we want. We can think about strengthening our muscles. But until we actually start practicing it, until we actually start learning about intuition and how to access it, um, and do it that it gets stronger. So um, just a couple of examples in, in my life where intuition has really, really helped me um, is, is my personal life. So I just mentioned that I graduated from a 20-year marriage. This was not something I'd ever hoped for. It's not something I ever wanted. We had many, many great years and four beautiful children together. But yet I found myself at one point in my life, I'll never forget, I woke up one morning in bed and I didn't even want to live anymore. I remember not wanting to get out of bed. I remember wondering, is life even worth it? And in that moment, crying out, God, universe, do I even matter? Do you even care? Right at that moment, there was this beam of light that shone through a broken slot and the blind ran on my face and suddenly came into my memory and thought a practice that I learned to help access my intuition years ago. And what I did was I grabbed a notebook and a pen and a backpack. And I went on a hike to the top of the mountain by my house there in Phoenix. And I sat down and I wrote a letter to myself, dear Allison. Some people call this a letter from God. Some people call it a letter from their higher selves or their the universe. 
Um, at the time, it was a letter to myself from God. And I just wrote, Dear Alice, and I put my pen on my paper and I just started writing. Now, all the things I've been wondering, should I get a divorce? You know, is this the right thing? What am I going to do with my life? All of a sudden, all the answers started flowing through me. And I wrote just this beautiful letter and it had all the answers I needed. And up to this point, Dick, and I've done this with my business. This has happened before in my financial life. This happened indicative of so many areas of my life. What happens is we have this confusion, right? We, we're trying to decide what to do. And we start asking people around us for their advice or their opinions. Now, if you want to ask a mentor or somebody who's further along the path than you are for advice and what to do, and you have a trusted advisor, that's different. But it, when you just start asking people, what should I do? What should I do? You start getting all these answers. And it creates more confusion. There was actually a study done recently at Harvard, and they took a group of people. And these group of people were trying to decide, make a decision in their life. And they said, okay, we want you to go and ask for feedback, just general advice and feedback from as many people as you can, and then check back in and we'll see where you're at. And what they found was that the more people that they asked for advice, the more general feedback they asked for, the more confused these people got. So in our lives, what ends up happening, and at the end of my marriage, I was asking my parents, what should I do? And I was asking people at church, what should I do? And I was asking my friends, what do you think I should do? And I was asking my colleagues, what do you think I should do? And everybody had a different answer. The truth is there's no one size fits all answer for everybody. But here's what is true is all the answers you need are within you now. All the answers you need are within you now. You have a divine blueprint for your own success and happiness that's unique from anybody else's. And the way to access that is through intuition. So why would you want to read a book on intuition? Why would you want to practice this? Well, you're going to get more clarity. You're going to have more peace in your life. You'll have more confidence. You're going to know what to do. And it's just such a beautiful way of living. And I went from feeling like, do I even matter? Why do I even want to live? To in a simple practice, having all the answers that I needed when I simply took the time to be still and look within and access my intuition and all the clarity I was looking for. Now I still had to do it. Like I'm hiking down the mountain thinking, oh man, I know it's time to graduate from my marriage. I'm going to have to have the courage to do this. I know that it's time to move out. What am I going to, you know? And, and I, but as I did it and as I acted on it, it gave evidence or proof to my mind that my intuition wasn't hacked, that it did work, that I did have the answers inside of me. And then I gained more confidence. So I'm going to share a little story. It's, it's a lot of people have heard it maybe in, in certain circles. A story that Jean Houston tells about her childhood. Her dad wrote a script for uh, different uh, comedy people and, and show business people. And they were delivering some script to Edgar Bergen, who had a, a little dummy called Charlie McCarthy. And very popular. I used to watch him on TV. Yeah, yeah. And they got to the, the, the door of the room where Edgar was staying and they heard a conversation going on. And so they didn't go in right away. And they realized it was a, a, actually a very deep conversation of questions and answers. And, and it was like, you know, what is love? And, and why are we here on this? Yeah, all these different kinds of things. 
Well, finally, they decided, well, we'll just just slip in. And uh, Gene's dad said, uh, Edgar, who are you talking to? This is amazing. And he said, oh, uh, I was just talking to Charlie. Gene's uh, dad says, Charlie's just a wooden dummy. What do you mean talking <laughs> yeah. to Charlie? And Edgar says, well, you know, I realize that, but when I ask him questions, he answers with things that I've never thought of. I, I, I have, I, this is the most wise and, and powerful things. So that's been a, a fascinating story that speaks, I think, to what you're getting at as to when you say you have all the answers within you. Uh, does that do you see a relationship between the two? Yeah. And, you know, I want to point this out because I think probably from an outside perspective, as you tell that story, someone might think, well, that's crazy. Why is he talking to this dummy? But there's been many, if, if you look at all of the thought leaders from the past that have brought forth or done major things in the world, where do these ideas or thoughts come from? Most of them are found in divine communication or meditation. Most of them are universal, you know, channels of truth are being channeled through them. These universal truths are being channeled through them. And, and it's not in, it's not out in the busyness that we find those it's in the stillness or clarity. There's a beautiful book called conversations with God. That's about a man who goes walking every day and has this conversation with God and all the downloads and feedback that he gets just through walking and having these conversations. Um, again, that, you know, the Dalai Lama, who's one of the, the, this huge spiritual leader in the world, he has so much to do. He has so many people that want his time and attention and um, I remember during a media interview, he was once asked, what do you do in your busiest days? And he said, I meditate two hours instead of one. <laughs> it's this time David Henry Thoreau. I mean, he was, he, he, he spent two years, two days, two hours and two minutes in silence by himself out in nature. And that's where he got a lot of his downloads. I'm not saying you have to do that. Many people choose to go into silence or choose to do these meditations. But what I am saying is take time enough to at least get to know what's inside of you, to at least get to listen. Um, one story I feel really inspired to share with you right now. And, um, you know, I used to think when I got these intuitive thoughts, I needed to make them make sense. But I just feel inspired to share this. So maybe you can help me make sense afterwards. But you mentioned Clint before. Clint Rogers, of course, is my husband's brother. He's my brother-in-law. He's a master healer. He's running these healing uh, miracle experiments. He's come to many of our events. We've seen these healings. He's blessed my own life. Uh, but in this story involves him and it has to do with intuition. A few months ago, I was deep in meditation. And, and here's where intention comes into, and here's where intention is really important with intuition. Intention fuels intuition. You might want to write that down if you're listening. Intention fuels intuition. And here's what I mean by that. In the book, Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll, Alice is going along in Wonderland and she gets to a fork in the road and she's trying to decide whether to go right or left and she can't decide. But luckily, just then the Cheshire cat appears. And of course, he's been in Wonderland for a long time. He knows everywhere. She thinks, oh, good, the Cheshire cat's here. I'll ask him. And she said, Cheshire Cat, I'm trying to decide which way to go. Where should I go? And he said, well, where do you want to end up? She said, I don't know. I don't really care. He said, then it doesn't matter which road you take. And that's like our intuition. 
sometimes if we don't have a clear goal on where we want to end up, then when we have these opportunities to make choices in our life, our intuition can't guide us. Well, in this moment, before I went into meditation, I had this intention. My intention, I was thinking about the world. I was thinking all that was going on with COVID and the drama of the elections and all the craziness going on. And my question, my intention going into the meditation is, how can I, how can I best serve and heal the world? How can I be this conduit for unconditional light and love in the world right now today? And um, I'm deep in this meditation with Gerald and suddenly it comes to me and I know what to do. And it's as clear as day. Now, when I say I know what to do, logically, this made no sense. My idea, the thought that came to me that was channeled through was, Allison, go to California with Gerald and his brother, Clint. Now, at the time, Clint had been in 30 days of silence in India. He was still in India, and we didn't even know if he could get here if the borders were open. I mentioned this to Gerald, and Gerald said, Allison, I don't even know if Clint's taking calls. I don't even know if he can get to California. And I said, Gerald, just, just call Clint. And here's, I want to, I want to pause and step back because there's a, the story and then the story inside the story. So at this moment, I could have doubted my intuition. I could have said, you're probably right. It was just a silly thought. You know, Clint probably can't come here. He's probably still in 30 days, whatever. And I could have just dismissed it. But I knew, I knew based on this gut feeling that I had, you know what I'm talking about, the feeling in your heart, you just know. And I, I said, Gerald, let, just, just try and call Clint. So Gerald picks up the phone. He calls Clint and miraculously Clint picks up. He's done his 30 days of silence. And Gerald said, Allison was just a meditation. She had this download that we should go to California with you. And Clint said, no way. He said, I actually was going to surprise you, but I'm on my way. I'm literally boarding a plane right now on my way to California. And I'm going to drive, I was going to drive to, out to Utah afterwards and see you and surprise you, but I'm spending a couple of days in California, but I'd be glad to go back with you. So Clint was already coming to California and Gerald said, well, you know, Allison also feels like this has something to do with Michael Beckwith. Michael Beckwith is the founder of Agape, of course. And in my download, I just knew that Clint and Gerald and I needed to go to California. It had something to do with Michael Beckwith. I had no personal connection with him. Michael Beckwith's a pretty popular guy. He's in the secret. He runs this major church, but somehow that's what needed to happen. And Clint called the next day and he said, you guys will not believe what happened. He said, I landed here in California and had dinner with a friend. And she said I could stay at her house in Malibu. She had a couple of houses. I could stay at the one she wasn't staying at. And so I drove up. And as I got to her house, I didn't think anybody would be there, but somebody was out filming on the front front lawn at this house. They were filming something. And so I waited for a minute. And when they got done, I walked up and it was Michael Beckwith <laughs> and his partner. And his partner was walking really stiffly and had some hip problems. And I was able to help her with some healing. And then I helped Michael and they, they want me to come back and help them in, in a week. So yeah, let's go to California. And it was beautiful because uh, even flying into California, we hadn't got a hold of them and Gerald forgot his wallet. So we had to change all our plans. And there were some freak out moments like, am I wasting everybody's time? Was this just a crazy vision that I had? But finally, the last day we were in California, we got to go out and visit with uh, Jack uh, and Inga Campfield out at, at their place. And then we drove back into Malibu to a friend's house and um, who happened to be there at dinner, Michael Beckwith. And this whole time I knew, like, I just had this knowing and I stepped in this place of, okay, this is just, it's going to happen. 
And it did. And as we were sitting there, there were so many amazing things that I got out of that. And one of those was the inspiration to do this Global Healers Summit. Michael Beckwith, of course, will be involved with that. But um, this Global Healers Summit is bringing people from all over the world together to heal. And if I had not followed through on that uh, intuitive thought that I got, if I'd not had the courage to take action, if I'd not, you know, had the, the faith that everything was going to work out, it wouldn't have aligned. And I haven't always felt that way. And there's not, there's been lots of times where I've gotten downloads and haven't followed through, but that was just an example of one time when I did, and it, it really paid off and will be, and will bless hundreds of people's lives because of it. Wonderful. Uh, a technical question. Yeah. A spiritual technical question, if, if there is such a thing. What's the difference between a download and a tuning into your subconscious, which kind of sounds like something comes up, uh, is this all the same thing, just using different language? Do we really know? I mean, there isn't any direction in the spirit realm. So we're just using language to try to say it came to us from somewhere. Is that right? Yeah. And, and this is how I look at it. And again, this is my opinion. So, But uh, our subconscious is like this highway, right? We have cars coming and going and passing through. And the downloads to me is when I align with universal truths that are out there. And it's my belief system. And Plato talks about this and clear back in Plato's time, how there's this spiritual form to everything. And it's born spiritually before it's manifested physically. And I really do believe that all good ideas are universal truths. They're truths that are out there floating around in the universe. And then somebody takes the time to meditate and align and boom, they get to be that conduit of that universal truth, right? Um, Wayne Dyer talks about this. Many enlightened leaders talk about this idea. This isn't mine. It's not coming from me. It's this, this thing that's greater than I am, this universal truth that I just happen to be channeling through me. So and, and it could be that there's two, four, six, a hundred people that are getting it, even at the same time, but have maybe different responses like yes <laughs> well well and and in, in this Wayne Dyer talks about this too but this is um again I'm reading this book right now so it's fresh on my mind but it, it's this idea of this oneness where all of a sudden all these people are getting ideas and you'll see a lot of thought leaders getting similar ideas at the same time here's an interesting story and uh take it for what it's worth because I, I wouldn't necessarily consider Michael Jackson an enlightened leader but he was very talented and he had many gifts. When Michael Jackson woke up one night, he had a download for a song. He woke up one night at midnight. He woke up his entire team. He said, I have this song. We have to record it right now. And um, they said, well, why can't you wait till morning? You know, let's just sleep on it. We'll record in the morning. We'll be, we'll be fresher. Everything will um, come together better. And he said, no, because if I don't record this now, then Prince is going to get that download and he's going to record that song. So even Michael Jackson knew, and, and I'm not saying we should come from this fear space of I've got to do this idea right now before somebody does it better. But it's this idea that it is, is a something that needs to be created or born. So that to me, that's the download. Now, this idea of connecting with my subconscious is different 
in that your subconscious brain has access to so many things that have happened in your life and that haven't happened. I mean, our conscious brain is only aware of less than 10% of what's really going on right now around our environment, right? And so our, uh, yeah, our subconscious brain knows so much more. So there's times in meditation where all of a sudden I'll remember something that somebody said to me, or I'll think about someone I haven't thought about in a long time, or, you know, something will happen. Uh, Here's a, here's an interesting example of how the subconscious brain works when you're talking about aligning with your inner knowing, not not getting the downloads. The downloads are coming this way. The inner knowing is going this way. Um, Again, a a major step of intuition is setting an intention. So my intention, uh, this was uh, probably, I don't know, a few months ago. It was just before I got the download about Michael Beckwith. But um, I was staying in Phoenix at a hotel with my daughter for her birthday. And just before bed, which by the way, is the best time to set your intentions and ask questions because that's the time your subconscious mind's primed and it could work on it all night. So just before bed, I asked the question of how can I, help my friends that are having influence in the world be able to impact and reach more people. Again, healing the world was on my brain. How can we create more positivity in the world during all these things that are going out? So I asked that question. In the middle of the night, I woke up at 3 a.m. and I got the thought, check Facebook. Now, I've tried really hard not to just wake up and check Facebook at the very first thing when I wake up, but I knew that this was a download and inspiration, and I also knew that whether you're going into meditation with an intention or you're going into sleep with an intention, the thoughts that you get right when you first wake up and first come into that conscious mind again are the the thoughts that are accessed by your uh, subconscious brain. And the thought I got was check Facebook, so I did. And as I looked on Facebook, Um, The first thing that I saw was, was a picture of a friend of mine who is one of the top podcasters in the nation, has a reach of millions of people, and he was at a pool, and I recognized the towel behind his head. That was the same pool that I had been at earlier that day. So I immediately messaged him, and I said, I know this is crazy, but do you happen to be staying at this hotel? And I got a message back the next day, and he was there, and we were able to meet And um, what came of our discussion was a connection. I was able to connect him with somebody who has helped him grow his YouTube channel to now reach millions of more people. And um, I also was blessed too, because I ended up uh, getting an affiliate commission from that. So that's another example of just abundance blessing your life. But, But my intention was to help him connect. Now, when I woke up and got the thought to check Facebook, that was my subconscious knowing something I probably had seen something on Facebook. Maybe I'd even seen that same picture earlier in the day, Hmm. or maybe there was just some frequency. I'm so in tune with Facebook that I just knew (laughs) to check it, but it was that, it was that inner knowing and that subconscious. Now my friend being at the pool in this hotel in Phoenix, wasn't a universal downloaded truth that needed to come for me. It was just something, an inner knowing that came to my conscious mind um, through that experience of setting an intention and going into a state of subconscious uh, sleep. So to me, that's the difference between a download and then an inner knowing. Great. That's a good example. We do the best we can to give meaning to these things that happen. And uh, it, it, some make a lot more sense than others. So that kind of makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, makes sense to me anyway. <laughs> yes. 
let's remind the, the listeners that uh, you are um, as Allison H. Larson, and that they can find you on Facebook or just uh, whatever search engine they use. Uh, you come up in a lot of places. Uh, I even saw you on what Spotify and and uh, Spotlight and. Yeah. Just, just Google me, Allison H. Larson. On Facebook, I'm Allison Hildebrandt Larson. But yeah, if you Google me, you'll um, have several things come up. So hopefully most of them are good. <laughs> oh, undoubtedly. Uh, let's explore some more about healing. Um, and this is, I don't know, um, do we call it alternative healing? Or do we call it uh, spiritual? What, do we put an adjective with healing? In I don't. I don't anymore. <laughs> you know, I used to. Um, I used to be really involved in some uh, modalities that were really strict about you can't call it healing because the FDA is going to come after you. Or they've really lightened up. But to me, healing is just getting better. It's. Mm -hmm. Uh, raising your frequency, whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. So to me, I just call it healing. Mm -hmm. And so this summit uh, of uh, healers, um, can you kind of give us a, a bit of the range of kind of, well, what do these healers do? Yeah, so great question. And the Global Healer Summit is for people who consider themselves healers or anybody who's wanting to make a positive impact on the world. And here's where this, here's where the idea of it stems from. And then I'll explain to you some of the people that will be presenting there. But as far as people attending, it's for people who are wanting to make a positive impact in the world. It's for people who believe that love can be stronger than hate and that are looking for a community of like-minded people who want to raise the frequency or vibration of the planet. So I know for several people, myself included, when I look around right now and I think about the people suffering from COVID and I think about uh, and, and suffering physically and mentally too, the fear that comes with it. And, and as I look around and I, I see the drama from the elections here in the United States or what's going on in different parts of the world, I know a, a lot of times I felt really helpless. Well, what can I do? I don't have a lot of money. Um, well, considering I, I feel really blessed. I have a lot more money than a lot of people in the world. But, you know, I don't have exorbitant amounts of money. I'm not a, a, not a billionaire. I don't have an influence of billions of people. Um, I, how can I make an impact in the world? And, and a lot of my clients are coming to me and they're saying the same thing. A lot of my friends are saying, well, does my voice even matter? I don't even know what good it's doing to vote or how I can help people that are suffering from COVID. I can't even touch them. I can't go hug them. I can't do it. How can I help? And so there's been this real feeling or sense of helplessness. And in fact, the other day, Dick, I, I got overwhelmed. Um, a couple of my friends called and they were really sick. Um, a couple of our kids actually got COVID. Um, they aren't living with us right now. They're older and, and live somewhere else. But um, I was feeling overwhelmed with that. I was looking at all the drama of the elections. I was, you know, I, I didn't purposely even mean to, but I'd overheard the news and heard all these angry and hateful things that people were saying. And I remember just feeling so overwhelmed. I collapsed on my bed in tears and just asked, you know, what can I do? How can I help? 
And in that moment, this idea came to my mind of when we had visited an orphanage in Nepal in March. And the idea that I came into my mind was these kids know how to change the world. It was really interesting. I sat with that for a bit. And I remember going to the orphanage when we first drove up thinking that I would have so much to offer these kids. So were kids in an orphanage in the hills above Kathmandu, their orphanage had been destroyed in the earthquake in 2013. Gerald and Clint and some other people had gone and rebuilt it. I know you know the story. But I remember driving up there and, and thinking I was going to offer these kids so much and them walking in and they just met us with open arms and unconditional love. And these kids didn't have a family. They had two pair of underwear if they were lucky, one pair of clothes. They shared crocs together. They shared their food with us. They gave up their beds for us to sleep in their beds that night. And I was so touched by the time I left with the love that I felt from those kids. And I realized they didn't have money. They didn't have influence. They didn't have hardly anything, but they would give everything. They had next to nothing, but they would give everything. And the most, the thing that impacted me the most was their love. And I realized that all of us have love to give. And sometimes we even think, well, how can I give love? I can't give a hug or I can't do this or that. But did you realize that every time you do an act of kindness, that a little bit of serotonin is released in your brain and also your immune systems boost? And the person you're doing the act of kindness has a similar effect in their body. But what I heard is research has recently shown that the observer of the act of kindness mm -hmm. also gets a release of serotonin, which is the thing that helps you to feel happy and overcome depression and gets a boost to their immune system. So how can we heal the world? By doing acts of kindness, by coming together and unifying in acts of love, like prayer and meditation. The Global Healers Summit is a one-day thing, but the Global Healers community is all about serving and love. So who's a healer? We all are healers, or we can be if we step into that space of love. We Together, we can heal the world. And what's fascinating is there have been many scientific instruments that can measure people's auras. And when one person is standing there in unconditional love, they have an aura that reaches, you know, a certain dimension around their body. But when two people come together in love, rather than one plus one equals two, it's like one plus one equals five, that, that dimension expands so much more. And then you add a third person, a fourth person. Can you imagine the effect that we can have if hundreds or thousands of people from all over the world come together in an act of love and healing, the frequency will be felt throughout the globe. Uh, there was a research done by Hawkins who wrote Power Versus Force and then the book, um, The Eye in the Eye. And he said that one person that's in, in unconditional love is resonating at a frequency that offsets that of 90,000 people that are resonating at a lower frequency of guilt and shame. So one person stepping into love has the counter effect of 90,000 people in guilt and shame. So the Global Healer Summit is all about coming together in love. And we the tickets are $44.40. All the proceeds are going towards the orphanage. They need to build a new home or they're going to be shut down. And um, our goal is to, to raise the rest of the $25,000 needed. We've raised $51,000 so far to build that. 
through the Global Healers Summit and um, through, through the impact of that. And again, the idea is a lot of people coming together offering a little can make a big impact. And some of the master healers that will be there leading us are Michael Beckwith, um, of course, uh, Elliot Rowe, he is a master hypnotherapist. Uh, really famous around the globe, has worked with a lot of amazing people. Um, we'll have Clint there, Clint Rogers, of course, who you know, um, Master Co, who is absolutely phenomenal um, in, in his own right and space. And uh, he works a lot with Tony Robbins and the Tony Robbins community. Have many other master healers there on 12-12-2020 and 12-13-2020 leading a meditation and prayer. And then we're opening up Zoom the whole following week and people that have healing techniques and tools and things that um, have helped them in their life will be coming on Zoom, experts from around the globe, and sharing these tools and techniques so that anybody who wants to can hop on and listen and they'll, they'll have those tools that can help them heal to a greater extent and help the people around them heal to a greater extent. So it's a beautiful community. Again, 12-12-2020, 12-13-2020, days of meditation and prayer. And then the following week, it's full of experts from around the globe sharing their, their tools and techniques. And as we come together, we, we can heal the world. Wow. So 2012, uh, I mean, 12-12, is that a Saturday? Yep, yep, okay. Saturday. So Saturday, the 12th of December, uh, we would... We would be together on Zoom, or is that uh, yeah. the way it starts? Yeah. And would there be like one person leads a meditation for a while, and then another one would come on, and that kind of thing? Is that exactly. sort of exactly? Yes. We would, uh, and so we could actually come into and out of during the day, depending upon other commitments that we have. Um, Absolutely. And everybody's welcome to join for those two days. Again, if you go to the website, we're asking for a donation of $44.40 that will go towards the orphanage. If there's anybody who absolutely can't afford that, just hop on and join us. It's legendaryzoom.com for both of those days. And then for those who do donate, um, we'll be having a Zoom open the following week from the experts around the globe that'll be teaching different tools and techniques. But um, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be phenomenal. And whether you're joining or not, just notice, see if you feel a shift in frequency on 12-12-2020, I bet you'll feel it. All right. Well, that's a, a few weeks away. Not, not that long. It's just, uh, what about four, four weeks away? Yeah. I do know that uh, Clint Rogers uh, does a kind of Sita uh, Vega, Veda uh, healing. Uh, similar to Ayurveda, and he does uh, readings, uh, pulse readings, and and uh, uh, marmas, and some, some dietary things, and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, I, you know, I don't really know Michael Beckwith. Uh, can you tell me just a, a tad about this person that I'm supposed to know? Yeah, so Michael Beckwith, are you familiar with The Secret? Uh, I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> so okay, I still haven't watched it. My intuition, written, my, my well, intuition said don't watch it. <laughs> there's a book written called The Secret and then a movie called The Secret. Michael Beckwith uh, was one of the people featured in that. And don't worry, I, I haven't watched it yet either. But um, <laughs> he talks a lot of there. Many people know him from that. That's where he became famous um, oh. about, about this law of attraction and abundance. 
he went on to found a church called Agape. And um, yeah, so this church is a, a church that's just absolutely beautiful. It celebrates all faiths and cultures and religions and people. It's based out of Beverly Hills, California. He has a huge presence on YouTube and um, on, uh, on social media in general. So yeah, definitely look him up. He's a very, very amazing man. So um, yeah. Yeah, look him up for sure. And for those wanting to join, by the way, I know we're getting to the end of our hour. I'm getting a, a call from my my client here saying, hey, are we meeting? But um, but for those of you who do want to join, it's globalhealerssummit.com. Again, that's globalhealerssummit.com. This is for anybody who wants to make a difference in the world, who wants to come together with like-minded people. For those that donate the $44.40 to the orphanage, and then um, join us the following week for experts from around the globe. And we'll also be doing breakout rooms during that. So you're going to be getting to connect and know people from all around the world that are like-minded. And the connections that we've already made, that we have a Facebook group, check that out. It's Global Healers Community. Um, but we've already, people have already started making beautiful connections from around the globe and just coming together in this frequency of love and healing. So that's globalhealerssummit.com. Please join. We together we can make a difference in the world. Uh, that's quite a uh, an invitation, folks. Uh, I don't think you could miss this one. Uh, <laughs> great, great. Um, I I noticed that Linda Russo is one of your healers. She was uh, a guest on our show recently here. Yeah, oh, Linda's great. She's a wonderful friend and client of ours. Um, for years. In fact, we were just in Phoenix. We had a small outside get together of a global healers summit there um, with just 10 people. And she was there and it was so beautiful and great to see her. So I love Linda. Wonderful. Uh, do you uh, have a um, something that comes after or do you wait until it's time to feel the intuition to set a new intention? Let's see. Did I say that right? Yeah, well, the, the global healers community will be ongoing. So oh. once people remember that, it'll keep going. It's going through Facebook already organically on its own. Um, people will, are connecting, sharing videos on there. We actually have get togethers twice a week right now where we do soul activations and we go into breakout groups so people can get to know each other from around the globe. So that'll keep going. Um, we do have uh, through Legendary, our program where we help people um, we have a spiritual adventure retreat that we're doing New Year's in Costa Rica. So we'll go into that. We have actually a live event just before the Global Healers Summit here in Salt Lake. Again, it'll be really small because of COVID, but um, we'll have some of our clients, VIPs fly in uh, from all over the world and we'll be, be meeting here for that live event as well. So we've always got, I've always got something going on. Oh, and then, oh, Dick, I'm so glad you brought this up. Here's a really fun thing that everybody can join right now. Here was my most recent download. Gerald and I were hiking Camelback in Phoenix last weekend. All of a sudden I got a download, do a gratitude and give back challenge. So we have several people that are influencers and Dick, I'd love to have you be involved in this too, but people that are really high vibe influencers were gathering together for seven days of gratitude and give back. It's a really fun gratitude challenge that we're doing. And if anybody interested in that, if that resonates with you, just go to legendarygratitude.com, totally free. Just join. It's all about uh, stepping in the space of being thankful for things and giving back. So legendarygratitude.com. 
legendarygratitude.com, legendarygratitude.com. Join that and uh, you'll get to, to meet some other amazing people. And our speakers from our Global Healers Summit coming up, we'll be doing some, um, giving away some amazing things on that as well. So it sounds like a, a network within a network uh, that leads to another network that connects us all throughout the world. Exactly. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's about connection, oneness. <laughs> Amen. Well, Allison, thank you so much. This has been a super, super uh, inspiring uh, opportunity for me and I think for our listeners. So uh, I'll give you one more minute. Do you mind just one more minute with something from your subconscious that would just sort of be uh, not a promotion for a new program, just a deep breath and what would you like to share? Well, here's what I'd like to leave everybody with. And the greatest gift I can give you is not my wisdom, it's your own. Greatest gift I can give you is not my wisdom, it's just space to tap in your own. So just in this moment, just close your eyes, put your hands in your heart and take a deep breath in. And just listen. As you feel, as your hands are on your heart, feel your heart beating beneath your hands. Feel your chest moving up and down. Feel the blood pumping through your veins and the air moving through your chest. And just ask yourself in this moment, what do I need to hear right now? What do I need to know? Just listen. And take another deep breath in. And just as you breathe out, breathe out so much gratitude. Gratitude for this moment. Gratitude for your life. Gratitude for the people in your life and for this world. Just remember to take these pauses throughout the day and just listen. Your spirit, your subconscious will always know what you need. Just listen. And remember, folks wherever you are, that is your world. Please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it, because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care and talk to you soon.